Hi everyone, uh, John Thornett here again for episode 11, can you believe it, of the Speaking Pharmacy Podcast. Hope you're all well, hope your life is good. Uh, who am I? My name's John Thornett, I'm the Director of Peak Strategies, Chartered Accountants with Pharmacy uh, Specialists. Um, um, yeah, I'm a father, my husband, my uh, two little cherubs, by the time you hear this, it, we're, we're full in the exam season at home. Um, young daughter is uh, starting on her uh, exams for year 11, got uh, four exam, no, yeah, six exams in four days, so she's got a, a big week coming up, uh, senior child, he's got, uh, he's uh, got exams coming up uh, early next month, second year uni, so uh, we're well on to uh, exam season in our household. I hope your families all, respective families are all going well. So what's been happening at Peak lately? Uh, well, we're probably five months away from APP, uh, which means there's some things happening. There's some uh, events that we're planning for. Can't say too much yet, but there's some good things happening. Um, APP next year is going to be just wicked. Um, what else has been happening? Um, we've got uh, quite a few new clients on board. So there's quite a few new clients that are that we're now welcomed to the Peak family, which is uh, Always exciting, always exciting. And we've got a new uh, staff member starting in a couple of weeks' time. She'll be uh, boosting up our, our bookkeeping team, which is growing very nicely. So uh, another another young person to uh, add to the, the Peak family, which is great. And we've also uh, got a number of events coming up uh, uh, later this month, next month, uh, early next year. Um, so yeah, there's a number of events coming up, a number of coll collaborations coming up, uh, which is very, very exciting. So there's lots happening, as you know, we don't sit still very long, uh, we get bored very quickly, so um, yeah, it's all very good. So today, what are we talking about today? Well, I'm going to talk to you about how pharmacies are valued. If we look at the common questions we get asked from first-time buyers, and if we look at uh, how people are coming to the Peak Strategies uh, website, um, the common things they're searching for, how pharmacies are funded, how pharmacies valued, uh, you know, what you know, buyers databases, everything like that. Um, these are the common questions we get asked. So uh, we thought, well, today I'm gonna to talk to you about pharmacy valuations and how they're valued and what's the process. So we can talk about this probably for a whole day and cover an enormous amount of topics and still not do it justice. So I'm going to try and condense all this into about 20 minutes and uh, and hopefully explain it to you properly. So um, anyway, so let's get into it. First of all, valuation. What we're trying to do here is we're trying to understand how much an asset is worth, okay? Um, when you have things like shares, you've got an open market where you know, shares are bought and sold, which which is easy to determine what the market value of that asset is. Similar to property, you've got property which is bought and sold all the time, and then you've got a ready market for these things. And our job as valuers and as bank panel valuers is to determine what a market value of a pharmacy is, okay? And you've got a number of competing sort of issues here, don't you? You've got what the seller thinks it's worth, which is a very emotionally driven figure. Um, they always, uh, it's just inherent nature. A seller always thinks their, their car, their house, their business is worth probably more than what it actually is. That's just the nature of the game. 
buyers always think it's worth less than what it actually is. Again, that's the nature of the game. And so quite often when we get called in, it's to help the young buyers understand what the selling price is and what price they want to buy it for versus what the market value is likely to be. It gives them an understanding as to whether they getting a discount or what they're paying is close to market value or is what they're paying is a bit of a premium there. And it's very important that they know that. The other um, reasons why we're doing valuations, um, this is for partnership uh, buy-ins or um, sales or um, all sorts of things like that for people buying pharmacies outright. Also, more commonly, uh, for uh, bank for finance and funding purposes. Um, as, as you know, when uh, uh, lending money, the bank needs security, and what they're doing is they're using the pharmacy as security, um, and uh, so they need a, a market value to determine how much they can lend against the pharmacy itself, and hence why the banks come to people like us to determine what that is. So there's a bit of a concept, a bit of a background as to why we do valuations and why they're important in the scheme of things. Particularly for your first-time buyers, though, this gives us an understanding, gives you an understanding as to what you're buying and what it's worth versus what someone is wanting to sell it for. And of course, what you eventually buy it for could be a, a, a different figure again. But it, it, it gives you that sort of understanding and it gives you an understanding regarding the funding mechanisms and, and what you can secure on the pharmacy itself and what sort of cash or other assets you need to, to cough up to, to help, uh, help uh, fund the purchase. So how do we do this? How do we determine what this... Uh, um, what a, a value is of a, of a business. The methodology we use, I'm going to be a little bit technical here, so bear with me. Uh, the value, the, the methodology we use is called, you ready for this? Capitalization of future maintainable earnings, okay? So capitalization of future maintainable earnings. So essentially what that is, in a real basic format, is future maintainable earnings divided by a capitalization rate. In other words, Earnings divided by a percentage, a risk percentage in effect. Okay, that's essentially what it is. And what that, the answer to that formula, the result of that formula, is the value of the business being stock, fixtures and fittings, and goodwill. Okay, so you've got the value of the business, stock we know what that is, fixtures and fittings we know what that is, the balance is therefore your goodwill factor. Okay, so that's essentially the formula, and even though the formula may be quite basic, um, the to determine each of those components, that's where the trick is. So let's go through some of those terms and what they mean. First of all, look, let's look at the earnings figure. Okay, so we've got this concept of future maintainable earnings. Now, what exactly is future maintainable earnings? So let's break that down. First of all, we look at the word future. Okay, so this is the earnings that the business is going to make going forward. Okay, but yet we only use historical data, which sort of makes it a little bit hard. But you have no choice about that. Why? Because historical figures are the only figures that you can place any reliance on, because that is actual data. I'm assuming that the financial statements were given, by the way, is correct, which is not always the case, uh, which makes it a little bit more tricky and a little bit more fun when we're doing this. But to determine a future earnings, 
we've got to look at the historical performance. And yeah, we can look at budgets, etc. But budgets are largely just figures on a piece of paper. They're meaningless. There is very little, particularly in the world of pharmacy, there's very little feasibility and analysis done on those figures. So you cannot rely on a budget at all. Rarely can you rely on a budget. So that's why you can only rely on historical figures. So we've got to look at the last two, three years worth of figures to get a guide as to how the pharmacy is performing. Is it consistent? Is it consistently going up or is it consistently going down? Um, or is it fluctuating all over the place? Uh, these are the types of things that we look in. Um, the other the other term here which is important is maintainable. Okay, maintainable. I mean the concept of earnings that is recurring and likely to be reoccurring going forward, as in this is what the pharmacy is capable of producing on a maintainable basis. So maintainable also means that you remove from the equation any abnormal or any once-off income or expense items, okay, because that don't meet that concept of what is maintainable, okay. Then the other last uh, term that we're looking at future maintainable earnings is what is earnings, okay. Now, earnings is, in its simplest format, is the profits of the business, but it's not just the profits, and this is where the effort goes into it. So when we're looking at future maintainable earnings, what we're doing is we're looking at the profit in the, in the financial statements of the business for the last couple of years, and we make a number of adjustments to that profit figure. For example, any depreciation or amortization is added back. Added back mean that expense is removed, which means the profit is increased. Okay, um, any finance costs uh, could be interest on loans, uh, borrowing charges, um, borrowing costs, any sort of bank guarantee fees, any higher purchase, lease costs, things like that. All those finance costs are also added back. We also look at any reasonable, abnormal, non-recurring items. For example, could be um, any profit on sale of, of an asset. Also, removing any income that actually doesn't belong to the business. For example, could be uh, owner's investment income from rental properties, from dividends, from interest, things like that. All that, that type of income that actually doesn't belong to the business is removed as well. Also, what we try and do is remove and sort of add back any expense that belongs to the owner. Okay, so what we're looking at there is, uh, for example, any non-working family wages, as, as happens, for example, could be um, the, the wife who owns uh, the pharmacy and uh, pays a, a little wage to uh, the husband for doing something, or uh, could be uh, a wage paid to son or daughter or something. They never set foot in the place. Uh, but that is something that we uh, generally add back, um, particularly if they don't actually work there and don't contribute to the business. Any of the owner's um, personal costs could be superannuation, uh, their own sort of mobile telephone, um, their own sort of personal income protection insurance, um, their own motor vehicle costs if it's, if it's their own personal car. Things like that are 
generally added back as well. Um, so what we're trying to do here is what is the actual earnings, the core earnings of the business? And that's what we're trying. We're trying to remove any influence of the owner. We're trying to remove any depreciation, amortization. We're also trying to remove any once-off abnormal things and removing any finance costs, interests, etc. Removing any non-business related items. Removing the influence of all those things so that we can determine what is the core earnings of the business and that's really what we're trying to do an important thing here is probably the most uh if we're going to have an have a uh, a difference of opinion on valuation and particularly around adjustments to earnings figures wages is pretty much a common one so what we're doing from a a wages perspective is the wage costs that we're looking at is on a fully staffed basis, okay? Meaning that if the owner is working 40 hours a week in the pharmacy, but doesn't pay himself a wage, then we've got to factor in a wage for 40 hours a week plus super at a reasonable hourly rate that is what pharmacists are generally paid. And so you've got to factor in a cost for the hours that an owner puts into the business okay that is what's called a fully staffed basis now also what is common is people say uh, what's an example say i say oh we have two pharmacists rostered on but we only need really need one so uh will you know you, you should be adding back a pharmacist wage and we'll say well no because that two pharmacist roster is the staffing structure you needed or staffing structure used in which you employed in the business to produce those sales, to produce those earnings, to produce that profit. So you cannot say by having uh, one less pharmacy that you're still going to make the same turnover. You, you actually cannot say that. So it is rare that um, there is any adjustments made to the existing staffing structure. And um, I and sort of fundamentally disagree with any methodology that makes any adjustments to um, uh, makes any adjustments to existing staffing structures. You've got to be very, very careful about that. Okay. So when we do all that, we sort of arrive at an adjusted earnings figure for a number of years. Okay. And then the 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 key to the the value of skill is. What is the earnings that we're actually going to use for the purpose of the valuation? Now, this is where there's a little bit of skill and knowledge and expertise comes into it. Now, there's a number of ways you can look at this. Now, if we have a situation where a pharmacy is sort of consistently moving along, you know, it's sort of fairly consistent year by year. You're fairly safe in looking at that situation where there's no serious fluctuations in earnings, there's no serious de degradation in the earnings, there's no you know, significant uplift either. Um, you're fairly safe in looking at that. Think, well, the last year is fairly representative of where, how the pharmacy is traveling. So you're fairly safe in looking at the last 12 months. Okay. But sometimes you also get situations where the earnings of the business actually fluctuates a great deal. So it could be a whole number of reasons why. Um, could external factors, internal factors, all sorts of things, um, you know, doctors coming and going, changes to um, 
you know, the, the shopping center, the location, um, branding, fit outs, internal problems, all sorts of reasons why an earnings figure would fluctuate each year. But when it is fluctuating, what makes that difficult is you don't actually know which year is then a more of a represent, uh, clear representation of the earnings of the business. And it's those, those cases we tend to go back and average the years because you can't pick any one year as, as your definite year of earnings as a representative sample of earnings. So you've got to average a couple of years and that's probably the most reasonable way of going about it. Now, sometimes what you get you do get some tricky situations, as I've done recently, where you look at the last 12 months, but even within those last 12 months, sometimes you really need to look carefully at that 12 months. For example, uh, we're, in, we're in October, early October. So a lot of the valuations we're doing at the moment are based on the 19 financial year. Okay. Now, sometimes we get situations where, even within that 12-month data, Sometimes a lot has happened within the business that sometimes you can't even use that 12-month data. Sometimes you've got to break up that 12 months for different periods because different things are happening. Um, for example, it could be a period of, um, of a change of a, a fit-out, could be um, new staffing, could have been some problems, for example, could have been some significant problems in the in the business that ex existed within that year that were sort of sorted out halfway through the year and then the business ticked over. It could be um, relocation or, or things like that. So you've got to look into all these different things and knowing that sometimes there are some months within those years, within a, a set 12-month period, that it's not... Yeah, it's not a, a reflective, it's not a true reflection of where the pharmacy is now. And that's one of the critical things we've got to understand is what's the pharmacy traveling like now? And how it was traveling 12 months ago can sometimes be very different. Even how it was traveling nine, six months ago could be very different. So we've got this example at the moment where... Uh, during that 19 financial year, there were some significant changes. There was changes in the shopping centre, changes in sometimes the number of doctors that were employed. Um, there were some uh, significant staffing issues. Um, There's some irregularities in the in the data, and so by the time we looked at all these figures, we had to section out, you know, a good three to six months of data out of that 12-month period. Because it just wasn't, it just wasn't um, a fair reflection of where it is now. And plus, when you're looking at June 19, and even if you look at September 19 data, was that the farm is actually growing significantly since then? You say, well, you can't ignore July to September 19 because it's actually a fair reflection of where it is. So you've got to really break down this data and know where it is, how the business is traveling, and what is a, a clear representation of the earnings of the business as it exists now. The other, the other, uh, other side to this is um, six months is a very long time in pharmacy. It's a very long time. And we, you know, you've got to be very careful about relying on any financial data that's more than six months old because pharmacy changes and it changes a lot. So you've got to be careful about that. And so through all those mechanisms, um, we're looking at um, we're looking at an earnings figure 
that we want to plug into our formula being earnings divided by a capitalization rate okay so we've now gone through and gone through some concepts there of how do we choose earnings and types of things that we look into okay now there's the probably the most difficult part of it all is what risk percentage what capitalization rate are we looking at here now this is a capitalization rate you can also look at it from the perspective of a risk percentage okay the more riskier the asset the higher the percentage you're using for example given a, uh, a, a given an investment of say hundred thousand dollars and you got two assets to look at if one is more riskier than the other the more riskier asset you're wanting a higher return on aren't you okay if the asset is safer you're probably willing to accept a slightly lower income stream because it is safer okay so when you're looking at that you think well if you if you if you apply that through you look at the more risky the asset the higher the higher the return on investment you're after therefore the higher the percentage okay the safer the investment the more willing you are to accept lower income, therefore you're willing to accept a lower risk, lower return, therefore the risk percentage goes down. Okay, there's some basics there. So there's a lot of things that comes into play when you're choosing a uh, a risk percentage, and one of the the abs one of the, one of the things particularly in pharmacy that really um, governs uh, what percentage we use particularly our starting point is just the simple laws of supply demand and what the market is experiencing now pharmacy has been a relatively consistent animal um, despite all the changes and all the dark clouds that are always hanging over the horizon and has been for the last umpteen years of pharmacy um, the laws of supply and demand never goes away and there's always been low supply but high demand and that's very much always been the case in pharmacy. And so we've got that, and we've got that consistent demand. The cap rates have been relatively consistent across the board. Okay, that's one aspect. And, that, and that's also a clear reflection of market and what market is paying. Okay, now that is a general concept of what the market is. But then you've got to apply that to the particular asset as well. Now, one of the other things that comes into this is what's the size of the business? For example, if you're looking at pharmacies that are worth, say, less than $2 million, the demand for pharmacy less than $2 million is actually quite high. And why is that? Well, that's the market that most of the first-time buyers can afford. That's the market that most... Um, that um, that that most owners, particularly most uh, uh, new owners, are looking at. Therefore, just the sheer weight of numbers is the demand for pharmacies less than two million dollars is always very high. Now you distinguish that against pharmacies that are worth say plus five million dollars. You know, there's not that many people have got that much money to be able to afford to buy a pharmacy that big number one. And for those that do have that money. There's not that not that many willing to invest that much either. Therefore, you've got this issue of lower demand. Therefore, we got lower demand. The cap rates 
you know, sort of a little bit higher because the sellers can't demand a higher price because there's not that many people willing to buy them. So they've got to keep the prices a little bit lower. Therefore, the, the, the cap rates we're using are therefore a little bit higher. Um, location is a uh, quite a big issue in pharmacy at the moment. Now, if you look at your next door medical centre is one thing. Uh, in your um, small, mid-sized shopping centres, um, you know, in the suburbs next to an IGA-type deal, you know, there's quite a bit of demand for those. Your big shopping centres are really on the nose. Uh, the landlords, how the landlords are conducting themselves, the size of the rents is a huge problem in pharmacy at the moment, huge problem. And according, a lot of people are just not interested in, um, there's a lot of buyers just aren't interested in fighting those games. They don't want those issues with rent. Uh, they don't want those issues with the landlords. So, you know, those ones, um, you know, attract a, um, higher cap rate because of the risk and the problems associated with it because of the low demand. You also got an issue of regional versus metro. And then you got regional of your, your, your Albany, Bunbury, Geraldton, etc. versus your small regional centres. Again, they're very different. So location yeah, plays a huge part in uh, in in the cap rates as well uh trading performance is uh, is a massive issue and this is probably one thing that sometimes the sellers don't necessarily get i mean if you have a pharmacy that's say losing five ten percent turnover a year um they still expect you know a normal cap rate for it and don't and they then therefore don't consider that because the the turnover is going down the asset is therefore more risky therefore it should have a higher cap rate but many of the owners sometimes don't think that and they're still demanding very high prices um yeah and that's that's still an issue yeah a lot of the, the pharmacies that come on for sale yeah can sometimes yeah you know, how that pricing can sometimes be questionable. But, um, yeah, supply, demand, yeah, buyers and sellers will sort themselves out, as, as quite often happens. But trading performance really comes into it. And if you look at, um, I mean, if you look at three different pharmacies, you got one that's relative, relatively consistent, earnings aren't changing a great deal, it's relatively consistent each year. The risk profile of that asset is very different than one that's, you know, going up by 10% each year. You know, the one that's going up by 10% each year, you know, is a lot more attractive, is performing very well, therefore the risk of that one is a lot less. And you compare that to one that's going backwards, for, for like going backwards 10% each year, and we've seen some going backwards 20, 30% each year. It's not unusual for us to do valuations and see a pharmacy halve in value over the course of two, three years. That's, that's not unusual at all. And of course, if you've got a pharmacy going backwards like that, surely the risk associated with the income stream is a lot higher as well. Um, you know, if you're looking at the, the trends on a pharmacy that's consistently going backwards, it's fairly safe to say that when you're, when you're relying on the last 12 months, um, it's fairly safe to say that by the time you buy it, the pharmacy's gone backwards even further. So therefore, you can't be demanding high cap rates on that because it's just not logical. You've got to have higher capitalization rates. And why? Because it's a riskier asset, therefore higher risk, therefore a higher percentage. Um, 
yeah, you know, all these things come into it, and it's um, yeah, you know, the the lease location, trading performance, all these things come into it. You know, if they're next to a medical center, you know, the are the gaining doctors, losing doctors, a lot of these things come into it, and uh, and of course we must keep in mind here that. Whatever methodology we use and how we arrive at that is valuations are very subjective in nature. Okay? As I said, a seller will always attach a higher value and a higher motive value of that to his asset, his or her asset. Okay. That's that's the nature of the game. You've experienced that whenever you bought a house, okay? Um, a seller doesn't have as much emotional attachment to it and they potentially see more risk and are more nervous about it therefore they will because of that risk they will value it a lot lower and if you have um yeah different values come in sometimes you'll get different weightings for for different risks so it's very subjective in nature okay but um that that is the nature of the game it's not easy um sometimes there are a lot of issues come up uh and particularly sometimes um, there are some value um, valuations we do are quite challenging, uh, particularly when the, the 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 quality of the data we get is really poor. At just when you're not getting enough data to really understand how the business is performing, and you know that that really makes it difficult as well. But above all, particularly for your young young buyers out there. Uh, when you're looking at buying a pharmacy, um, you know, when you're looking at a pharmacy, you're not sure, you know, this is where you get advice. Like we've always said, you know, get your team of people around you. And some of the people you need in that team, you need your accountant, particularly an accountant who um, really understands pharmacy and particularly one who's also got a good grasp of valuation methodology as well, because they're the ones you really need on board, because they will give you a really good understanding as to if what you're buying is at reasonably priced. Okay, Are you paying a premium, or how? what, what are the factors? And sometimes you know, they will see things that you won't. Okay. They will see factors, they will see risk factors that sometimes you're overlooking or perhaps you're not giving enough weight to as well. And it's good to have these discussions with your with your accountant, particularly your pharmacy valuation, value experienced accountant. Um, have them on board at the early stage, preferably have them on board while you're looking at it before you put the offer in. Uh, once you put the offer in, you're pretty much stuffed. Um yeah, don't, don't sign and then ask questions. Ask questions and then sign, preferably. It's a hell of a lot cheaper, trust me. Um, so, But get advice. Get good people around you. Um, we don't expect you guys to be uh, valuation experts overnight. There's a lot that goes into it. So I could do a whole day on this and not give it justice. But I hope I've at least explained some concepts for you there and some of the things that, that we're looking at. So uh, above all, enjoy... If you've got any questions, make sure uh, you come. Make sure you give me a call. Uh, you can go to a website, pigstrategies.com.au. Look up the socials on LinkedIn. Uh, connect with me, however way you want. 
I'm happy for a cuppa and a chat if you're looking at something we can help you through the process and particularly give you a good understanding as to where the market value of the farms you're looking at is versus um, uh, yeah, versus what you're paying. Just make sure you understand where that market value roughly lies compared to what you're paying for it and particularly understand what the risk factors are. So thank you for your time. Hope you're all doing well. Any questions, make sure you let me know. Uh, Talk soon. Got some great interviews coming up soon too. So uh, talk with you soon. See ya. Bye. Thank you.